0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sunday Sessions. It's 14th of March, 2021. Happy Mother's Day to people in Ireland and the UK. Well, thank you for uh, joining May joining us for our weekly time of exploring nature-centered folklore, connecting this to within your favorite sanctuary space, and expressing inspired visions from your sanctuary, whether it's through your poetry, writing, art, craft, performance, and even your problem-solving. Now, today's Sunday session is the second of our tree-themed sessions that we got through March. And uh, today is tree sanctuary and labyrinth garden creation, and I'm um, sorry, we're not outside today because of the weather like we have been. It would have been lovely to have done this uh, particular addition out in the center of the tree labyrinth, but this is what we serve with today. Uh, but this is about access to an essential space to enjoy nature and even the connection to the great spirit, or whatever you call it. So this is a Sunday session about uncomplicated and easy tree a nature connection. Now, this is something that most of us should be able to do. Uh, I'm having, uh, <laughs> I've been having hiccups. I can't get rid of that picture. Uh, there we go. We'll get there in a moment. Um, I'm frozen again. There we go. And Sorry, I'll, I'll get out of this loop in a moment. Uh, I've been having computer problems. Okay, there you go. You can see me again. Now, with the guest today they include well, they're, we'll bring them back up again. Bea Hawk, uh, Bea the storyteller. She's a lovely guest that we've had on some of these sessions before. And if she'll come up Oh, goodness. I'm really uh, jinxed. Here we go. Come on up. There you go. Uh, there's Bea herself. And um, we share a bear planting some trees and telling a story about that. We did we We're going to have a last week, but it didn't get her on unfortunately. And uh, we've got uh, Andrewson Ledger, a man in Ireland for inspiring and lobbying uh, for better native woodland policies in Ireland. and uh, I'll be talking with the wonderful lady that uh, he's with there if she will stay there for a second, uh, she's lovely. And I expect Andrew will share the Woodland League Forest in the Box project. And I was talking a bit about this last week, and some of you were very interested. And there we go, the forest in the box. And it intrigued some of you when I talked about this last week. And uh, Andrew is a very wide, very knowledgeable, sensitive forester who will probably share some tips for creating your own uh, tree sanctuary or anything you do with the community with your native forest, along with some very important reasons for doing this. Uh, So uh, we'll finish off with a song uh, from Howard Hawksley. We haven't had him on for a while. Uh, And uh, to remind you about Howard, there he is there where he should be here. I'm sorry about this being sticky today. Uh, There he is. uh, so, today's topics are going to include the purpose for having a tree sanctuary. Uh, the, there you go, a, a gate for a tree sanctuary, Labyrinth Gardens alternatives. Um, and I know some of you that are watching, you do have Labyrinth Gardens, which is lovely. Community. And then community project potential for a sanctuary, whether it's a tree sanctuary or a garden sanctuary. Uh, there's a lovely one that We'll be talking about what that is, and getting started even with your own little uh, tree nursery, maybe. So uh, that's uh there's a tree nursery one coming up. So planting a tree sanctuary, maybe. Uh, maybe you feel like uh, if you a lot of people watching us are permaculture people and uh, permaculture people like to have a bit of a sanctuary woodland as well and then we'll have a panel session at the end for your questions and answers anyway let's see how you're doing with the comments as i say apologies for the pictures being a bit sticky today i hope you're seeing us fine let's say hello to who's on board uh there's donna good morning uh donna you managed to get here this time fantastic we're uh, <laughs> about the right time. Well done. Because there's been the uh, time change in the USA. So I was saying to USA people, you get an hour lay-in, but of course you don't. You're still sleeping the same amount of time. But uh, it's just a it's clock if you've had it changed Says another hour. And another USA lovely person, Davina's here. Uh, thank you for being here. Donna's here. And uh, With this stickiness, I hope you're seeing and hearing this because I know the signal has been up and down. Uh, It's been a sort of uh, tech nightmare for the last hour. So it's lovely uh, that you're with us. And um, so let's get on with the uh, show here. Thank you for being with us, uh, the early birds here. Now, the purpose of uh, Tree Sanctuary, to me, is... uh, well, first, let's say I warmly applaud the people of Tate who have taken over some stewardship of land, as a lot of people you know in the USA and some of the people watching uh, us today—they've already done this, and this is happening in Ireland. People have taken over tracts of farmland, and they're converting into native woodland. And I certainly warmly applaud people who do this and dedicated to the purpose of expanding with a woodland cover. And I'm going to talk a lot more about this next Sunday with the Usher and Trees session, which, um, although I'm sure Andrew will shortly be able to talk a bit about this as well. But for this Sunday session, we're going to mainly uh, focus on small tree projects that most of us can do in some way if we uh, put our passion and mind to it. And uh, there's a small tree project. (laughs) That one's in Limerick. And... uh, But uh, by having this, uh, it's a way to provide us with a calming and inspiring sanctuary that's really priceless. And it really is doing a bit uh, for the ecosystem around us as well as for our own therapy and good feeling. So uh, this is also a session for people who might not have the space for trees or somehow challenged by trees. There's various reasons. So that's why we're going to cover a bit of Labyrinth garden creation, maybe with herbs, flowers, soft fruit plants that um, you may have available. And I believe it w- I would be really lost though if I didn't have the tree labyrinth garden that we got here at Caracoria. That's one of the parts in the path of it. But once it is established, once you've established your tree sanctuary or a tree labyrinth garden, the lovely thing about it is it tends to take a life of its own. And the maintenance is far less than you may have with other gardens, like with flowers, uh, fruit, and vegetables, and herbs. So soon we'll have access to outside space that opens us to more time to bathe in sanctuary, and that's what happens if you do a tree. One, it gives you more time to actually be with it rather than trying to care for it. Now I feel there's uh, two main purposes and benefits from. At least having a small tree sanctuary uh the first i find is um a place for retreat and i'm really sort of repeating this a place definitely for retreat rest, connect with the outdoor surroundings um and it's something you can do really whatever the weather i couldn't take the equipment out now but somewhere to contemplate i couldn't resist putting that one back out that's the middle of the tree sanctuary but uh, definitely bathe in it. And uh, the second is a place to be very accepting to your inspirations, your ideas, your visions, clarity, as I say, uh, problem solving. And these are things that uh, I start some of these sessions off with. Uh, and I talk about those two purposes anyway. Now, What we do, of course, here is offer nature-based folklore as one source of inspiration for doing all this. And I trust through these Karakori Sunday sessions something will inspire and encourage you to create and maintain an existing uh, tree sanctuary or, if you can't, a labyrinth garden. You can draw together local people and uh, share At least a labyrinth garden idea, Uh, if you can put trees together, absolutely wonderful. Uh, Here's some people that did some sharing in the neighborhood uh, there. Uh, But let's see what you're actually saying about this at the moment before we go on to our first absolutely wonderful guest. Uh, Big Bear, you're back Uh, from the YouTube. Uh, Lovely to be here. Uh, Davina saying hello again. Good morning from Canada, from Maria uh there we go sherry is with us uh it's nearly all usa today isn't it uh i suppose because you haven't got the mother's day it's not your mother's day but from dublin there we go we got claire roach on board which is fabulous hello claire lovely to see you uh, there and donna reminding us that she's from new mexico uh so uh some of the regulars oh Be- uh, big bear your your island as well i forgot uh, uh, saying hello. Uh, Forgive me for missing out on that, because you've become quite a regular. So thank you so much. Now, let's go straight on to our first guest. Um, And uh, this is something uh, very excited about, Andrews and Ledger. Uh, An amazing man. Excuse me, I'm uh, a very special guest for Sunday Sessions. So excuse me for sort of a longer introduction than I usually give. Now, Andrew uh, here, uh, his, here he is. Uh, he's dedicated his life to his passion for encouraging people in Ireland to become forest people again. That's, that's the way I saw of describe it. And he was a founder of the Woodland League with the amazing forester Ted Cook. We brought Ted Cook up before, and there he is. And Andrew has uh, created his own wonderful native woodland uh, due to his calling. And the result of his woodland and his native woodland... Um, and the whole uh, connection uh, to nature around him has resulted in being an example of how woodland should be and how nature has is controlled by minimum human control. Now Andrew, when he can, he does uh, facilitate interactive workshops as part of the Green Schools Programme and uh, he serves similar with adults too. And as well as creating encouragement in native woodland expansion and care, wherever he's got an opportunity to do so. And Andrew also shares his extended knowledge of Irish tree law, and the essential Breton laws, things we talk about on the Sunday session that uh, form the relationship of humans and their forests uh, and the wildlife uh, within it. And through the platforms of the Woodland League and its alliance with the larger environmental pillar in Ireland, Andrew is an outstanding tireless campaigner and lobbyist, for it's much-needed and seriously overdue forestry reform that's needed here in Ireland. So we're fortunate because Andrew actually knows the language and the lingo uh, that the people in power use. Uh, it's fascinating to read through it, but how much do they listen to that or read it, well, I don't know, it might not be so good sometimes. Anyway, as you know, last week I presented an introduction to the Wooden Leaf Forest in a Box program. Uh, just to remind you, there there is there is a forest in the box, and we'll get a few words. And that's uh, even endorsed by our president. There you go, President Higgins endorses the Wooden Leaf Forest in a Box project. So there, that shows you how important it is. And though it's an Irish project, and you viewers mainly from the USA. Uh, and other countries, you'll be able to adapt it in some way. I hope this is helpful. Uh, so, Andrew, hopefully will tell you more about Forest in a Box, plus share with you some wisdom of forest culture, and I trust all this will inspire a passion with you to increase your connection, your reconnection, and perhaps even become forest people again, because I'm always pushing that idea. So having friends, is a lot more than just planting a few native trees. It's the whole passion of it. But planting is non honorable start. But to quote a uh, uh, Ted Cook uh, quote in Ireland, we are a forest people without a forest. I wish I could imitate him saying that. So for me, it's a huge, huge honor to have the extremely busy Andrews and Ledger spare some minutes with us here on Sunday sessions. For a bit longer, I hope, than my introduction just now, so here he is. I'm going to uh, get my ears and introduce you to Andrew and hello there. Sorry for taking so long, but uh, we're so pleased to have you here. And how are you doing there? <laughs> can you, is it all clear and can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Can you, can you ah, hear great. me? Everything is clear and wonderful. I think we got a signal. So, as uh, I say, uh, one thing I'm eager, uh, we got interest and feedback last week. Forest in a Box, give us a, a preview of that, but to start with, be wonderful.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you, John, and thank you for the opportunity. And uh, again, just to say, you know, happy Mother's Day to all, all of the mothers and to Mother Earth. Um, and welcome, everybody. Um, the, the Forest in a Box, I suppose, is... Um, it it's inspired by a German uh, forester uh, called Doorman, um, and he was looking at how trees, you know, were, were grown in um, nurseries, kind of commercial nurseries, and he started to question, you know, the methods that are the methods that are used. Um, basically, the trees, you know, are given a very sheltered kind of upbringing. And when they're, you know, ready to be taken out of a commercial nursery, they are put into, you could say, into the wild. It takes a long time for them to adjust. And he figured that they seemed to be weaker than trees that would naturally, you know, through natural regeneration, um, grow in the woodland. And he. I suppose, linked the the health of the naturally regenerated tree to the fact that it's growing in a a woodland uh, leaf, leaf mulch. And if the woodland is healthy, that leaf mulch has uh, an active relationship with uh, mycelium and that it's the mycelium is giving the young tree an immune system kind of boost and it's also acting as a, you know, as as we know, as a distribution connectivity system within the woodland. Uh, it's a communication network. It's a distribution system of water, minerals, nutrients, medicine for sick trees, for sick plants. And he he looked at the idea of growing you know seed um, using le- leaf mulch, and that's where the inspiration came for the Forest in a Box. Uh, a good friend of Ted Cook's, um, Tony Adams, who lives in West Cork, another great uh, tree person. Uh, Tony was the person, I suppose, who experimented with dunaman beds, cr- making uh, long dunaman beds and, and growing uh, mainly hazel and oak. Uh, th- those seeds were the most suited to the, the leaf mulch. Um, There's also a layer of um, native pine, the Scots pine. Some pine needles are mixed in with the woodland uh, broadleaf uh, mulch. And the the pine needles is to give a little bit of acidity to the mix and uh, just help break down the, the hard shell of the seeds. Um, uh, the other thing I should say is the leaf mulch can be collected from the woodland, but we wouldn't be encouraging people to take woodland soil out of its proper place. Um, if you you know if you're taking a small amount, that that's fine, but it's the, you scrape off the top the top layer, and you go after the the leaf mulch probably from two years ago, three years ago, where it's actually breaking down. So it's composting, and that's the, the most valuable leaf mulch for for growing. It's a growing medium. Um, so, with our project, with the I you know was looking for a, a means of answering Diana Beresford Kruger, who is a consultant scientist to the Woodland League, and you know her her amazing film Call of the Forest i was looking for a way to answer the call of the forest you know in a practical way but also in a way that was going to try and inspire and connect uh, the children who will be the decision makers of the future and also whose future is in our hands at this um, critical time in the earth's history and i came up with the idea of making a miniature version of a of the dunaman bed and uh, you know making it in such a way that it's a 1 square meter box that you know any school even in an inner city in a you know an area deprived area of an inner city that they could find a space at least they could find one square meter if they didn't have a garden, if they didn't have access to land, that they could at least find, you know, one square meter. And in that sense, um, that, that's where it was born. The box copies the, the again, going back to Dunaman, the, the idea of the sides of the box, it recreates a hole in the forest floor which is how a tree naturally will grow in a woodland. And the box, the sides of the box, which are about 18 to 20 inches high, um, create a kind of, um, they block the light, so that the light coming into the box is mainly from the top. The uh, bottom of the box has uh, chicken wire, a, a kind of wire mesh the top the lid also has a chicken wire mesh and that's again going back to Dunaman, basically protecting the seeds in the it's an incubator system for native trees and in nature most of the seed you know an oak tree will put out thousands of seeds but very few of those will survive so what the box does is it increases the chances of the survival of the seed. And it's probably gone from a less than 1% chance of survival to 99% by keeping out the the mice, the voles, the rodents, and also blocking birds. That's the purpose of the lid. Until the trees start to develop, then you you take the lid off. And one box is capable of growing between 150 to 200 Trees, which can grow to, you know, almost two foot high in in one year. It's pretty amazing. The first time I saw it, I was astonished. So another, I suppose, another aspect of the box is it's connecting children with, rather than giving children trees to plant, we're giving them seeds to plant. So they're connecting in with that, the seed energy. Um, the word "entalikai" is a Greek Greek word, and "entalikai" means the potential within an acorn to become a one thousand year old, you know, huge oak tree, sixty meter high oak tree, um, with all of the benefits that we know, and. When, you know, when the children are handling the acorns, I remind them that what they're holding is something that can become 1000 years old, can become a host to the, the latest figures and research on oak from the UK Woodland Trust show 2300 species are associated with oak, which really, you know, puts it at the forefront in terms of European Uh, habitat or plant kingdom as the climax vegetation of Europe, you know, and 268 of those species are obligate species. And that means they're only associated with an oak tree. Uh, 284 of those species are insects that include the, the gall wasp, which is only associated with oak. And for which the oak tree creates the oak apple, which, you know, incubates the egg of the gall wasp and provides food and shelter until that wasp is ready. It drills a hole. And that, you know, those oak apples were used to make uh, indelible black ink. They were crushed in a bowl with uh, iron filings and the tannins in the the chemicals from the oak tree that are in the oak apple would react with the iron and water and give you indelible black ink. So the ink in the, the black ink in the Book of Kells is made from oak apples. Um, so just, you know, coming back to helping children connect with that magic of the seed and then for them to be inspired by seeing their seed growing in a box with other, you know, hazel and oak um and the idea being that they'd be encouraged then to plant those trees This you know after the first year they need to be uh, they're all kind of stem they're all teenager they need uh, their roots developed so the second year is about developing the roots or in, you know um that could be by potting on or putting into trend trenching into the ground um it's yeah it's a method can be applied in other countries you know the, those type of uh, nut type seeds will grow in the box but all the, all of the seeds will grow all of the native species would grow but the 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 harder seeds would probably take one or two seasons before they would soften up um, like the yew berry the hawthorn uh, the holly so that that's where it that's where the box is. It's about inspiring children to connect. Like we, we've also developed a Know Your Native Trees uh, whiteboard presentation. So that gives, that gives the children the context of why our native trees are so, so important. We get, we just touch on a little bit of the mythology, the history, the ohm, the tree laws, and try and encourage uh, pride in the children of the fact that Ireland, who, whose earliest name was Inish Navioha, Island of the Sacred Trees, uh, that our, Ireland has a unique and ancient forest culture that can help inspire the world in its reforestation, or restoration um, plan, uh, you know, that that's badly needed. So, th- so that's where that, that's where it's at. Um, the in it like that, uh, that name of Ireland, as I say, the island of the sacred trees, um, it's also re- relates to one of the earliest um, uh, legends of Ireland about the five divisions. Ireland was divided into five divisions and the five divisions were marked each by a sacred tree. And the sacred tree in Ireland is called Billa, B-I-L-E, a Billa. And what what um the legend goes that the a person appeared at tara tara would have been the main kind of center for the high kings of ireland tara in county mead and uh, on some particular day when there was uh, trouble in the land a person called the uh, tre tre field good tre ochre which kind of sounds welch almost very interesting name. He appeared to the assembly at Tara holding a magic branch. And on that branch were apples, acorns, hazelnuts, uh, yew berries, all on the same on the same branch. And also ash keys, I think the seeds of the ash tree. And he instructed uh, Fintan, who was the son of Bokra, Fintan, a young boy, was instructed to take the seeds and plant them in special places in five places, and from those seeds came the five sacred trees of Ireland. And um, in a way, that's also inspired the Forest in a Box in regard to encouraging the young, the, the, youth, the young people, the children, to take the seeds grow, grow their trees and create sacred trees and sacred groves in their community. You know, hopefully in time, community woodlands can be inspired. That's one of the objectives or small groves, as John is encouraging. You know, you don't need a back garden. you can grow just a couple of trees. Even, you know, you don't need a huge amount of space, Um, but the the five sacred trees of Ireland had names. They were the 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 Crave Dahi, which is David's branch, which is a kind of biblical reference. Um, there was the yo the yo Muna, and yo is connected to the yew tree in ancient art, but it can also be an oak. So that that was grown in Moon, where today you have a Moon Abbey in Carlo. Um the, the the Yo sorry, the Yo Moon there was the Billa Torton The Billa Torton was in uh, Ardbracken, Ard Bracken which is in County Mead near to, uh, near to Tara. Um, there was the the Yo Rossa which is in Leyland Bridge again I think in Carlo and there was one more Billa, there was a the Billa Ishnach, which was, uh, as we know, the, the fifth province of Ireland. The very centre of Ireland is Ishnach. Ishnach was a sacred ceremonial centre covering a large like it was like, I suppose, a comparison might be the Vatican City in Rome, that the Ishnach was like a self-sustaining, uh, almost complex complex of sacred sites where the, the Brehan laws, the laws of the land, the ancient Brehan laws were the glue that held the Irish Gaelic society together and were the glue that ensured that the society was stable. You know, we have a, a 1000 year period, a golden period of learning, of wisdom, of medicine, of, of science, of astrology, a time when Europe was in the Dark Ages. Ireland has a golden age. And one of the reasons is because it has a stable law system that the people love. Unusually, the people actually love the law Um, because it's based on natural law and it's about justice and balance and fairness. It's not about punishment. It's not about giving one person advantage over another. It's there to ensure that society, seven generations into the future, has stability. Within those laws, you have protection for the for the forest, because the understanding then with all indigenous peoples of the world is the forest is our life support system for this planet. The forest is the manager of our climate. The forests, natural forests manage the water, they manage the air, they they manage, they create soil, they do so, you know, to create habitat, they create materials for building, they create food, they create, you know, fire. So so much of our civilization was, would not have, well, none, we wouldn't have a civilization without our interaction with our oldest friends, the forest and the trees. And that understanding was broken. You know, it was known by indigenous peoples. So the Brehan laws respected and reflected what was, you know, widely known uh, among indigenous peoples. So over 2000 years ago, the Brehan laws are in use and they are, as I say, protecting trees. There there was more protection for trees 2000 years ago in Ireland than there is today. And the section of the law relating to the tree list, the lists of trees is called Breha Comay And breha koma means the laws of neighborhood. So the laws of neighborhood give a list of all of the, say, everything a person can take from the woods without taking too much. So the night's kindling, the, the wood for a butter churn, the wood for a staff or a spear, the wood to make a stretcher. It's all listed what you can take the nuts, the nut gathering of a wood. Um, it's there, it's laid out, but it's all about, again, the, sh- the communal use, community uh, benefits, community use, our uses. Um, the trees are broken down into four groups of seven, seven being a magical <laughs> kind of word, as John laughs. Um, yeah, but it... By coincidence, perhaps if there is such a thing, Ireland's groups of trees are grouped into four groups of seven. We because Ireland separated from England before you, you know the, the landmass, when we were connected to Europe after the ice age, and as the ice melted and the forest started to come back, um as the the ice the sea uh seas rose. Well, Ireland broke away, so it didn't get the land bridge was kept intact between England and Europe. So more species managed to come across that land bridge to the UK than managed to make it here. Here we were, we were limited with 21, 21 main tree species. And the fourth group of seven is made up of the bushes, the bushes of the wood. So the, this uh, tree list of four groups of seven, in a way, <coughs> excuse me, it shows an, a deep understanding of ecology. It shows it, that they knew there was a relationship between the smallest plants and the and the largest oldest plants. That they were they were basically they formed a society. <coughs> and um, again, it's something the poet and artist John Ruskin, the quotation of his was that society would do well to look to the natural forest as to how it organizes itself, because in the natural forest <coughs> everybody has its place and ev- there's cooperation, where in the man-made world there's the opposite, we're fighting for each other's places, <coughs> there's competition too much uh, which leads to war. So the four groups of trees were the, the first group was the Arig, Arig Fado, which means the noble, the noble trees. And they were the the oak, the ash, the yew, the hazel, the apple, the Scots pine. And uh, I'm missing one, John. <coughs> I think, am I? Willow? Willow. No, no. No, ash, ash, you, holly, ash, hazel, oh, you, Scots ash. Um, so these were considered the most valuable, and there were heavy penalties at the time associated with uh, will, willfully damaging those trees. Now you might ask, what what is hazel doing in the, in this list? What is the <laughs> apple? Apple was the wild apple. <coughs> uh, what are they? You know, they're small trees. The holly. These are not uh, canopy trees. However, within the Gaelic society, the Brehan laws understood, you know, the importance of the hazel for food production, the hazel nuts, and also for building the, the wattle. There's a wattle fence behind me here. The wattling was, had so many uses. It was the two by one of the day. So for all kinds of building and fencing, <coughs> excuse me, hazel rods were, were used. Uh, the apple, again, was food, but it was also medicine. It was used for digest, digestive problems and issues, and probably other uses we've, again, lost uh, connection to, but it was considered very sacred. And also, there was a, a colour, a dye associated with the inside of the bark, of the ap- apple tree bark, um, there was a dye which gives a yellow, a beautiful golden yellow color, if I'm not mistaken, and it's possibly one of the reasons why it was in that list. The holly was our is our hardest hardwood, so holly was used for skewers, for meat skewers, for cooking pits where you need you know very hard wood that can withstand fire. Uh, a spit for cooking a pig would be made from holly. Uh, spears were made from holly, but also the, the shaft of a chariot was made from holly. Um, the the yew was there, basically that was the most sacred tree of Ireland, and the yew was um, was used for the 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 furniture for for kings for for royalty. The utensils, the, the the plates, the mugs, the, the mether, the the, the four sided cup, which was used for again sh- sharing. There were four sides to it. Probably for for negotiating a deal with four parties or two parties or three parties. Anyway, the, the U the wood of the U was sacred. So there was a separate type of a carpenter called an e- Evorokt. The Evorokt only worked with you and would have been like a samurai maker in Japan. They would have been trained and would have been the son of an Evorokt. And basically the skills were passed down that um, the, the ordinary carpenter worked with all of the other woods, with the ash, with the pine, you know, mostly Um but they weren't allowed to work with you. You needed uh, respect, reverence and, um, you know, training, a a lot of training and discipline. You is a very powerful energy. And you is the tree that is the gateway between this world and the the other world. That's why it's probably still in graveyards today. And it was uh, seen as a tree that could live forever. It had overcome death. So the resurrection story is within the yew. The yew was seen to never die, to come back from the dead, as the fortingale yew in Scotland appears to be six, seven thousand years old, and there are a number of young shoots coming up from all around it—a forest of yew, all connected to the parent, so that it's it does look like it can live it can live on forever. Um, wow. the other interesting. <clears throat> But well, the other interesting link with life and death and the ewe is, as we know, the, the poison from the ewe, which is from the bark, from the leaf, or taken from the seed of the yew berry. That poison is the most active poison known to man. So if you ingest, ingest that poison, you're, you're dead within 10, 10 minutes. Um, hunter gatherers understood this and they dipped their arrows in that poison. For hunting and, I suppose, for war. Now, now, interestingly enough that, you know, again, the most deadly weapon in, say, Bronze or Iron Age and right into medieval times was the u Longbow, an unbelievable force, you know, was able to fire an arrow with se- severe force that has been tested and matched to almost the force of a gun. So that tells us the strength the elasticity uh, the the long longbows were actually trained by hanging weights off the ends of them like the way you build up muscle in a gym there to, to give them more elasticity more strength so they were they were working with the memory of wood in that they again knew that by training the u into ridiculous kind of curves that the the wood would remember that shape and not break. So just again, linking it to the, the positive and the, the life aspect of the you is the fact that the, um, the most, one of the most effective medicines for cancer, um, breast cancer in women, being Mother's Day, is interferon, which is, I think, synthesized now, but it was originally, it comes from the, the u it, it, it um so it is can kill you or cure you it had that has that ability oh. and again if well, we so, look at um, <coughs> if you look sorry. at diana, beresford, just... <coughs> diana beresford, oh well, carry on beresford, sorry i, I... diana's beresford krueger's you know promotion of the um abilities of trees to Uh, release aerosols, a range of different aerosols. Each species would have a toolbox of organic chemicals manufactured in each species, completely, again, adapted to that tree. Um, And she explains that's why one of the main reasons forest bathing, um, it works on the principle that you're, you're bathing in these very beneficial aerosols which help your immune system, help your nervous system, um, help us in so many ways. But we, you know, she also talks about the egg production in birds, birds producing eggs. It's caused by tree aerosols, which change vitamin A in the bird to vitamin D, which triggers egg production. So no trees, no birds, no eggs, which came first, the, the tree or the egg. Or the bird, mm-hmm. I would say the tree, our oldest friends. So, um, sorry, John, you wanted to come in.
0: Oh, I was, I was just, um, as I say, I, uh, I, I this should go on for a couple of hours. Um, but uh, it's wonderful. You started off uh, wonderfully, and uh, what I really loved is, you know, starting off from the box, you, uh, the way that you talked about the responsibility uh, of the leaf mold, uh, responsibility with the forest floor, then the, how you went on to in the, the mythology. Uh, I had a whole list of questions, which and you've answered them all. <laughs> Maybe the people here have got a, a few more questions, but so much, uh, thank you for uh, your generosity uh, with what you've shared. Uh, it's caught everything there. Uh, the Sherry was thanking you very much for caring so much of the children and the trees. And uh, this is the whole thing uh, that you've been putting over, the whole passion, which is uh, what we're delighted with. And Ina, uh, if you're still here, she does, uh, she's very much into teaching this stuff uh, by Lockgill County Sligo. And I'm sure she's really been thankful for what you've had to say. That's uh, fabulous. As far as Irish people getting hold of uh, the forest in the box, I kind of... Talk to them a little bit about this last week, uh, about the costing and about uh, the consultancy with this. So, if you can give a little bit of an idea of how to get hold of a forest of a box uh, with your help. Um,
1: yeah, I, I suppose the the project began in about 2017, and when we launched the um, or had the call of the forest. Um, the what you call it, the, the premier showing in Ireland, we, um, we would have launched the forest in a box. As I say, that it, it answers the call of the forest. And since then, we've, we've been de- developing the project. And we're, we're at, you know, we've probably got 32 boxes in seven different counties, mostly in schools. Uh, one in a community kind of retreat centre, um, and what we've been relying on to to fund the project is uh, local agenda twenty one funding um, with the count, county councils, and um, what what we found is you know it's it's um, it's been a means for, to help us develop the project, but the cost. The cost things go beyond what money is offered. You know, you, you submit an application and you might get half of what you're looking for. And we've been kind of subsidising it ourselves. Um, but we are looking to um, scale the project up. And to that end, we're training up a couple more people to del- to deliver the project. We hope to have funding in place for 16 boxes in County Wicklow, and we have sixteen schools uh, lined up. Um, so, for the moment, as I say, we are looking at um, looking at trying to have build up the capacity to deliver the project to to scale it up. But we we are also looking at um, you know looking at the idea of putting it out there, which we always have done. Um, as a kind of DIY and putting all the, you know, everything up on on a website. So again, to do that, it's time, it's trying to get funding to pay somebody who knows what they're doing, you know, to put up the Know Your Native Trees presentation so people could access it like a toolbox online. And what we'd love to do is, you know, develop a kind of site on our website where the schools can talk to each other, groups can talk to each other, they can share le- shared learning and experiences around the boxes. And then encourage, as I say, creation of community na- native woodlands. So that that's where it's at uh, at the moment. Uh, I'll keep John posted in regard to how that evolves. So th- that's where it's at. And we've got, uh,
0: John Hanson was uh, saying, She'd like to run a forest-in-the-box project. Uh, what we'll do, Joe, uh, when the yeah, broadcast us, is finished. Give I'll give is the Woodland League um, uh, details, yeah. and I'll put them in the yes. comments. Do. Do. Um, and do also, that.
1: if I might just say at this point, um, we you know, we, we are also um, running a campaign at the moment, which is to uh, you know, conserve, restore and expand our our ancient woodlands, because our ancient woodlands, we've only 0.2% left. They're threatened, they're the most valuable land-based habitat we have, and these are fragments of temperate rainforest. Ireland's authentic landscape is Western Atlantic temperate rainforest. And as I say, these fragments are vulnerable. They're they're little isolated islands. They're threatened with invasive species, with development, you know, with farming. And uh, you will find a a petition we have on uh, at www.thewoodlandleagueforestinabox.ie. So there's more information about the Forest in a Box on that site, and we'd encourage people to share, sign the petition and share, share it as well and try and build up um, a enough sign- you know, pressure to make sure that these ancient pockets of woodland can be expanded. We can't replant them, we can't recreate them. These are the, the same in any other parts of the world. The complex biodiversity that has evolved since the Ice Age can only be really allowed to expand and walk, we need to help create, as Ted Cook says, create space for nature. So by you know encouraging landowners, farmers, whoever, that are adjacent to these ancient sites, we would like to see them encouraged to allow the forest expand and give it space. Because our future seeds, are, our, our future forests, are in the, you know, the seed energy is in those ancient places, as well as the, all of the other magical energy of the forest, the brehan laws—it's in the soils beneath those trees.
0: Well, thanks very much for all that, Andrew. It's a vast subject, and uh, I'm glad you've been able to squeeze everything into this little package. And uh, I've got to move on with a couple of other things. I would have loved to listen, uh, and hopefully, we can have you as a guest again on some of these subjects. But. Uh, just thank you so much and I'm sure people have been watching and the people that will be watching the archives will be uh, absolutely delighted with it. so thanks again for that and hang on because we're going to come back to you with a bit of questions and answers in a few minutes but thank you so much okay. for that thank you we'll be back right oh boy <laughs> that was that was more than I expected absolutely brilliant from Andrew there now I'm sure you'll uh, enjoy that. I'm sure you'll come back to the archive and go back over that again. Uh, it's uh, it's a stunning subject. But as I say, with this, I perhaps I put a too long title because as I say, some people they'll have a problem uh, putting uh, trees in for various reasons. So I talk about the labyrinth garden alternative, and that's a picture sort of of the herb labyrinth we got here and uh we got four smaller labyrinths uh around here um in the labyrinth gardens here um that's the herb one there we've got uh, the triple spiral um that's that's another one of the herb labyrinths with people the triple uh spiral is a work in progress actually claire's been working a lot on that so i should get some update pictures but this is what happens when that overgrown believe it or not there's lavender in that and uh, but there's a fire and dance garden here uh with flowers and, and there's the soft fruit serpent there's also another labyrinth garden in progress but these could all be sanctuary gardens but for me if i couldn't connect with a tree labyrinth i'd be in trouble that's the that's the passion uh for me but not everybody as I say has space uh, for trees in the garden unfortunately in some areas the local council forbids it which is absolutely crazy but i know that some do and there's frequent disputes with neighbors sometimes over trees which is really disgusting but a lot of people don't like their neighbors growing trees they complain about light being reduced roots creeping into drainage and foundations or simply they're just people that live to say no Um, so but some of you may be in that situation uh, so, herbs, flowers, small shrubs, labyrinth garden, maybe what you've got um, can do, but it's a contemplation seat in the center. But if you are restricted from trees, and Andrew pointed this out, get together with others of a similar passion, similar interest. Let's get this uh, tree uh, passion going. Uh, you know, it's not about just getting some trees in. It's something that's got to be in your spirit. Let that spirit with that connection be three people. Um, just talk about it with people around you. You'll find people of like mind, like passion, and you'll get together, and eventually you'll create a sanctuary wooden somewhere or join a group that's already doing this. Now, I'm not going to say any more about this, but bring this up in comments and maybe ask questions in the panel section later. So um, we've the community project potential, I was going to cover this, but time is running out now, so I'll leave that till next Sunday. But do consider, as I say, people who have got passions for woodlands, talk about it, get together with people. And until we um, meet up again, we can have online watch parties. You can put the Call of the Forest in with a, a watch party. It's on Vimeo uh, and get together with that. Uh, it's a good option and from local woodland passion uh, from small woodland passion network you may be able to find a site locally and get going uh, with what started get people join in uh, with the local projects and then there is uh, the neighborhoods in Ireland I have mixed uh, feelings first thing you see is the gravel pathway but people get the strollers in there they can get the wheelchairs so there's Uh, The Western Forestry Corp uh, near Sligo, they're wonderful consultants for helping get this going. They've taken over from Sligo Council, thank goodness. And I've called them up, extremely patient, helpful people. And they're covering a few counties now. And uh, Andrew will have contacts for help as well. Now, I'm going on to another guest. Uh, We've got a couple of very brief guests for your entertainment here. And... uh, We've got a bear, and uh, for some reason, someone has dis- bear has disappeared. Oh, oh, uh, right. Where are you, bear? Yes, I think we still got bear, and uh, she's back with us again. She's been planting trees for a wee Trangis sanctuary. She sent me the video to share this to tell a story last week. So here's Bay, the story. Uh, bear the storyteller. This is her um, video of her. Planting some trees. One thing that's interesting. Last week, when we did bare root planting, there was me doing almost like the Garden's Well version. I was doing the whole bit with the uh, uh, the compost and the spreading the uh, roots and putting uh, the leaf mould on the top and and some uh, mulch uh, from twigs here. And uh, it was all you know. But if you've got two or three hundred trees to put in that's going to send you crazy if you're doing it yourself so you'll see bea doing a quick version that actually does work as well but you will have to sort leaves so i'll give you Bear. this is bea now is
2: bea salmon hawk i'm bea the storyteller and uh, today i'm not telling stories i'm planting trees i've got this bundle here of hedge hedge trees saplings there's birch there's oak um, and there is hawthorn and there's ash as well, so I'm going to plant them alongside this fence there. And uh, I'm dedicating those saplings to my friends, I belong, I've got a group of friends in America and Canada and today I'm planting it for them and so hoping that one day they will come and uh, visit. Um, those little trees that i'm planting and if you turn the camera around you can have a look at the land that i live mm-hmm. on and you will see all the trees i've already planted if you look at the orchards, there's the hen's house on the right hand side and then there's the orchard over there and then turning around a bit Ooh, more okay. you can have a look at mm-hmm. the beautiful i live on top of a hill and of course, there will be a tractor going by because there usually is. And the way you plant trees, oh, I can't see anything now. saplings is ever so simple. Come closer to me, my lovely cameraman, woman. I'm. Hey, so what's I'm, happening? Oh, it's all right. Yeah. Yes. We're having, I'm having a wonderful camera woman. <laughs> and uh, basically, <laughs> I mean, so really, wonderful. planting hedges is so easy. You just need to dig it. Lift in the land. If you want to come closer to me, you can have a look, and then hopefully the dog will not be a pain. And basically, I've left it in water overnight, and I just plonk it down against the fence. And there you go, that's a bit of ash that is. And that's how you plant a tree. Why don't you have a go? It's ever so simple, and on a day like today, it's miraculous. This is me, Bea, the storyteller, signing off because I've got some trees to plant and maybe my lovely camerawoman. Can you press on the dot again and then we'll stop recording?
0: Well, thanks very much, Bear. That's a little video that we didn't play last week. And uh, i got another video. In fact, I hand lined it up, so I'm going to line it up with you uh, very quickly. Uh, this is um, uh, Howard Hawksley. Um, Uh, We haven't had a song uh, from Howard for some time now. And he's done a beautiful uh, cover of a beautiful Robert Tannehill song, uh, Gloomy Winter No Way, um, which, uh, let's see if I can find it, uh, which is very appropriate because this is the last of our March wind days today. And uh, we're going into a beautiful week next week and you'll be out in your gardens, I say. So here is Howard. I love this song. it's quite a sing along in uh, Keelers and Scotland, and uh, so it's always it's very appropriate for these Sunday sessions, uh, especially when we're outside in the tree labyrinth as we were during the past two Sundays. But the weather forecast from Tuesday onwards fabulous for a while. And so it's written in Scottish, old Scottish here, captures the romantic feeling of spring when a young man's heart flutters. And uh, how shares this with a lovely Woodland video uh by his home where winter still amongst the trees and is waiting to burst out. So I've got to bring this up in a different way. Let's see if I can get this for you. And uh, I, I think it should come up. There it is.
3: Ah, e
2: And I'm off, and
0: uh, I'll bring uh, Andrew back on, and uh, we'll get something straight here. I hope you've enjoyed this, especially uh, Andrew and what he presented. Uh, we're not finished yet because it's over to you. Use a few minutes. I know we're on overtime now, but ask some questions about anything that's that, uh, been talked about this afternoon, what uh, Andrew has presented. Uh, and i'll check here you've been leaving a, a few comments so let's see what we've uh, got here you enjoyed uh, donna enjoyed the song and someone's glad that the march winds are uh, just going away and then Claire Roach says thank you to bear i don't know if she's been watching as well uh and we got some uh, ashley is in uh, late from wicklow lovely to have you here uh, Sean Fitzgerald's been saying it's fascinating. But get your questions in that we've had about the forest in a box, Brehan Laws, uh, Association with Trees Connection, uh, your own tree sanctuary, and uh, Davina, uh, thank you for educating us on protecting the forest. And yeah, interesting, the plates and cups were made from the wood. <laughs> uh, I wonder how that was... Would... Yeah, a, there's a question there. And uh, I'd like to know,
1: uh, Andrew, why were the u boles not toxic? Um, the, the well, the wood itself is not um, the, the wood is not toxic. The, the The poison, as I say, is in it's in the bark, it's in the leaf, and it's in the the seed. The you know the seed that's in the berry. So the wood itself is the most beautiful hardwood. They made furniture from it, as I say, they made plates, the the king's bed, the, the all of the furniture, all, everything connected with um, the king was made from you. Um, again, it, it was the most sacred tree. So in a sense, an Irish king was wedded to the land. The, the ceremony involved the the marriage of a king to the land. The king was a servant of the people, and the king was elected by the Derv Finna. The Derv Finna was a, like a committee representing four generations within the Tua, within the tribe. So they they had a you know it's an expression why why are the people stronger than a king? Because only the people can elect a king the king cannot elect the people so to be a you know king was to be a huge responsibility it was to ensure the Breton law was um, in place was respected it was to ensure that the land was fertile that the people were looked after that the you know that was what the the oath a king was sworn in with so it it wasn't um the king had to be in good health. He had to have a of sound mind. He had to have two arms, two eyes, two ears. You know the story, John, of the king has donkey's ears. Do you? No, I don't
0: know that one. I, remind me of that.
1: Well, it, again, it's about the connection people had with nature and with trees. And uh, there was a king who he had donkey's ears. And he, he they were hidden. He hid them. So he should not have been a, a king under the Brehan law. And he was a, a kind of dictator type king. And every time he had his hair cut, the barber was killed. So he wouldn't tell anybody that the king had donkey's ears. So the rumours went around the, village, the community that this was the case. And the next uh, barber was the son of a widow. And she knew that her son was, would be killed. And she pleaded and pleaded uh, to spare his life. So the barber was sworn to never tell tell anybody that the king had donkey's ears. Now, the son became very ill, became extremely sick. And the druid came, the, the medicinal druid came to administer herbs and to look beyond the physical ailments as they did. And we're, we're trained to do. And he told the mother, he said, this this boy is dying because he, he's holding a secret. He, he's, so, he's holding something inside him is killing him. And this, again, is a lesson for us about not sharing our problems. You know, when we when we go inside, we don't share. We become ill. We become stressed. So the mother said, well, what can I do? He said, there's no physical medicine. The, the boy has to go... Um, and tell somebody. So the, the, the mother said he can't tell a person. He, you know, he's sworn under oath. So the druid said, tell it to a tree. And the druid told him where to go to a very old willow deep in the forest. So the boy did that and he, he recovered, completely recovered. Years later, the, the despotic king ordered a new harp to be made. And the the musical instrument maker went and cut that willow tree that was holding the secret. And the first time that harp was played in the royal court, the harp sang out the king has donkey's ears and exposed Uh the Uh dictator. So, you know, again, just in in terms of um, people who want to connect with nature and with trees in particular, if I may just share... You know, a simple way is to approach a tree and show that you carry no weapon. Hold your hands open and approach the tree very slowly in a clock, clockwise motion, if you can. Uh, uh, the sun, the direction of the, the sun and move slowly into to the centre to that tree. Turn around and put your back to the tree and slowly um. Let basically sit if you need if you can at the base of the tree, but by having your back to the tree, it's the closest your central nervous system is to a tree's central nervous system, or life force, which is just beneath the between the wood and the bark. It's a place of wisdom. Again, under Gaelic, uh, wisdom triads, where you know where are the tree places to find wisdom. One is between the bark of the tree and the, and the wood. One is between the mountaintop and the sky. And the other is between the, the earth and water. So be it a river, a stream or the ocean. Those three places are where we find wisdom. So by having your back or your, your spine and nervous system connect, then the two life forces can very easily um, basically relate, switch your mind off, and be with the tree and imagine that you're you're rooted like the tree. And basically in that way, you can connect into the, the whole plant kingdom through the, through the trees. And you can, you know, never be alone. So anybody suffering with depression or, you know, difficulties, go to the trees. Each of them have different properties. Uh, Glennie Kindred, an amazing artist and tree woman has produced some beautiful little books uh, the, the um, tree what was a tree wisdom. A great little book, if you can get your hands on it. And uh, she describes that process of how to connect with with a tree and a very simple thing to do for anybody to do. And like I say, we are not never alone. And also we are connected to in this web of life. We are all part. No, no, nothing is separate. We are, everything living is connected, and the trees remind us and teach us that. So.
0: Oh, wonderful. And now you were saying there was a you had a request to share a poem. What I will do, I'm going to uh, explain what's coming up, and I would love you to be able to finish our show up with that uh, poem that you requested. That, is it We Are Trees? Um, and uh, uh, that uh, There Are Trees, yeah. There if you trees. can do that, I'm going to just present... Um, what's coming up, and then we will get. Uh, love to finish with that if you can, Andrew. It would be a fabulous way to close this. Wonderful. Well, next week, uh, it's going to be the um, birthday of Karakori Sunday Sessions online, the online version anyway, and uh, we go back to where we first began. This is next week, 21st of March. Uh, it's Us and Trees, What Can We Do? And there is a website which I need to seriously update. Uh, But we're going back to that, and we're going to have guests for that, so that'll be wonderful. And then on the 28th of March, floating back into the mythology with the folklore, combining uh, water and wells, uh, this is going to be the tree in water folklore, and uh sarah humble will be back uh, to help us along with that one uh she's been developing some wonderful articles and information so it'd be great to have her back for then and then through april and may it's back into our she folklore again especially in relation to our new fresh spring and early summer gardening um and when it, uh, Easter, was it 4th of April for Easter? I'll be doing the regeneration and three trees again, uh, the trees being uh, uh, T R A I. So, go through the three strains of the bards, how that relates to us, how that relates to our, our relationship with trees and landscapes around us. Uh, and uh, so, presenting those three strains as a lifestyle inspired by the folklore. So, that's uh, what's coming up. Uh, And uh, so thanks, really, uh, thanks indeed for Andrew for his generosity today, the video from Bea the Storyteller, and the song from Howard Hawksley. Uh, I would like to ask if you're watching the archive, uh, do keep commenting here. Uh, I'll be watching the comments after live. uh, A lot of people will be listening this evening and tomorrow, I know, Uh, but keep commenting and we'll keep the conversation going for this edition. subscribe and click to the bell icons both on youtube and i think facebook has the bell to to remind you of details of what's coming up the next Sunday sessions so i'm going to pass you back to andrew now uh, uh where he will be sharing a poem. uh poem. Well, i first let's see if you've asked any more questions here um uh, uh yes thanks to andrew here in search of the miraculous and Sherry uh, loved having Bayer as well, that was fantastic. Um, and Andrew's talk reminds me of a class I'm taking on plant communications, uh, plant wisdom. Fabulous, uh, green connection. Uh, Sherry really enjoyed this. So let's pass you to Andrew, who I gather has got um, a lovely poem. Uh, there are trees by Alice Milligan. Over to you, uh, Andrew, again.
1: Okay, thank you. And um, thank you for the comments. And um, just before I recite the poem, I would just like to remind people again of the work of Diana Beresford Kruger. And the fact that she her background is medical science as well as uh, botany, being an ethnobotanist, an ancient woodland specialist. Her original training was in um, blood, and just you know, blood um, and me- medical science. Um, so, in her book *The Global Forest*, she describes the colors of the for- the red and the green as reminding us that our blood blood cells are identical to chlorophyll cells. The design of a red blood cell is identical to a green plant chlorophyll cell. The difference is in the centre, the nucleus of the chlorophyll cell is um, magnesium metal. Inside the red blood cell is iron. They both have four rings of nitrogen surrounding the nucleus and the chlorophyll feeds on um, CO2 and it releases its waste product as oxygen. The red blood cell feeds on oxygen and its waste product is carbon dioxide. She describes that tick-tock of life again. It's no accident how deeply connected and related we are to the plant kingdom. And uh, yeah, just to finish, this poem is by Alice Milligan. It's from about 19, early 1900s, when Ireland had less than 1% tree cover on the whole island. And she was part of the the Gaelic League. It was a movement to revive information and knowledge and respect for the Gaelic culture. Um, And it's called There Are Trees." So Fallen in Erin are all our leafy forests. The oaks lie buried under a bogland mould. Only in legend dim are they remembered. Only in ancient books their fame is told, but seers who dream of times to come have promised forests will rise where perished these. And of this desolate land, it shall be spoken in Tirconnell of the territories, there are trees. So she was from Tirconnell, which is in in Ulster, uh, Tyrone, the um, County of Tyrone, so that that's it. And uh, if you if you do plant trees, please take care of them. The young trees need care and attention, and they need protection—protection protection from strimmers, from hares, from deer. Um, thank you, thank you once again.
0: Thank you so much for that. Uh, uh, wonderful. Let's get. Uh, thank you. That's been so wonderful this afternoon. It's been worth going on to overtime. <coughs> now I'm losing my voice and i'm surprised you didn't lose yours so thanks again andrew i hope we'll see you here again uh, and uh, yeah. as sharing your passion with the trees and hopefully this will send the viewers and the later viewers because it's amazing how many views there is after we finished uh, off onto the passion so thanks again and we'll see you again one day so really i've covered it all and this and happy mother's day for the rest of you if you're going off with your mothers enjoy uh, a very safe week of course uh, full of wonder inspiration enchantments so until next sunday play well and it's bye from me bye